You are now listening to Rest Days. Before we dive into this week's episode, it's important for us to note that some of the topics we cover could be triggering. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Rest Days. I am one of your lovely hosts, Lauren Lavelle, and I'm here with my co-host, Maria Sylvester Terry. I almost called you Terry. Yes, you can just call me Terry if you want. That's a Lavelle household special. (laughs) The Lavelle Holford (laughs) household. Um, And we are back with the Wrecking Ball episode, if you will, the, the Pendulum episode but before we jump into that we're getting to our patreon that's growing our little patreon community is getting just a little bit bigger every episode and i'm really excited about it especially because we're headed towards our unofficial costume party so (laughs) there'll be more submissions for that but we are welcoming our next 100 percent battery friend and internet connection tashion uh she's number Number 17? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, 17. Lucky number 17 on our Patreon. So welcome. Um, little spirit fingers for everyone else who's been joining and, you know, engaging in the content over there. We're going to get into clickbait, but it's a little bit different today. Usually we have our um, silly, goofy mood <laughs> clickbait, but we're going to talk about kind of the origins of why we decided to do clickbait and Maria's really going to going to get us into that right now. Yeah. So we figured if we're going to talk about the wrecking ball routine, which is that wild swing from chaos to restrictive thinking, it happens often in the holiday season, right before January. What we thought would be helpful is to actually talk about the systems that create tools such as clickbait so that we continue to participate in wrecking ball routines. Um, Part of living in the wrecking ball routine is playing into the system that we need to start over. We need to fix ourselves. We need to show up with urgency to be better, faster, thinner, stronger, et cetera. And clickbait is what encourages us to literally click, buy, and participate in that economy. So today we're gonna set aside some time to actually talk through clickbait and how it affects us as consumers, as well as content creators. Lauren and I both create content for you out there on the interwebs, TikTok, Instagram. We have newsletters. Uh, Lauren has a membership option that you can join. We are constantly creating content, and clickbait affects us as creators, too. So yeah, we'll, we'll, jump, we'll jump into it. Um, we'll first just kind of talk through consumers. Lauren, what would you say is the OG clickbait? Like, what's the first clickbait you think you could have ever seen? And obviously it wasn't on the internet. It was pretty Oh, yeah, it wasn't a click. It wasn't a click then, definitely. It was, um, you know what comes to mind? Hmm. Sock and boppers. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, like, really intense commercials, especially around the holidays. I have a December birthday, so it wasn't just, like, Christmas we were looking for. It was also my birthday, so intense advertising around that time. But um, I really just think about, like, the the flood of commercials we honestly get around the holidays. That's the number one thing when I think of it. Because 
I get it. It's a it's a high consumerism time, but you know the jingles stuck with me. Like, oh yeah, more fun more fun than a pillow fight. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask us. Blow them up. Put your hands inside. <laughs> I was going to ask, could you complete the jingle for us? I don't want to, but like, no, we yeah, don't have to. You could. <laughs> you could. That's clickbait that sticks with you. I think for me, it's a cross between. The, like, being young and reading magazines, I remember we had a magazine drive in school. My grandmother was like, you can pick any magazine you want. And I picked Seventeen magazine. And I was not 17. I was, like, you know, 13 or 12. And she canceled the check. She's like, I don't want you reading that. And I look back and I thought that was really, that was a bit much. However, she probably knew there'd be some clickbait in there, right? Some capacity. Mm-hmm. And I remember those two-page spreads in magazines where it was, like, all the little tiny pictures of the things that you needed to buy. And it had the price, the location, the brand name, the colors. And I would just scour it and think, like, I I think I need all this stuff because it lines up with whatever the fashion trend was at the time or appearing slim or just participating in a season even. Um, So those, like, types of spreads come to mind. And then also... Reality TV felt like clickbait to me because it was just always shocking, which I now recognize as a way to get more viewers to watch more advertising via commercials. But I always felt like if you were watching reality TV, you'd watch something wild happen. And that felt clickbaity too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I hope that you have been shielded from the latest season of Love is Blind, but I have not. I have not. Nope. I have fallen once again. I have faltered. Um, <laughs> and it is it is truly, I've been talking about this a lot, but it's an addiction to cringe. Mm. It's an addiction to cringe. Like, I think that's real. Um, and I think that Love is Blind <laughs> is doing it perfectly. Like, there can't be, it really, like, those shows reign supreme when it comes to, like, creating this feeling where you're just like, I can't do this and I can't do it alone. So of course Scott (laughs) has to be there with me. I can't do it alone. (laughs) Emotional support viewer. Yeah. It's it's the cringe. So um, I think that, yeah, those reality TV definitely hits on some of those same things. Like the same things light up in your brain. Absolutely. I absolutely think so. Um, and now we've progressed. We are in, we are a generation that grew up without the internet and then the internet. So for us, social media clickbait is novel, even though we just named that we are so used to being advertised to and seeing it presented to us in a way that one, we still remember decades later and two was incredibly enticing at the time. So social media clickbait how do you feel about social media clickbait? Tell me, like, do you see it often? Do you see it more or less than you used to? I mean, I think everybody is trying to create something on social mm-hmm. media right now that is clickbait, right? We're like yes. all desperate to create clickbait. Um, and a couple of months ago, maybe at the beginning of 2022, I really like dedicated myself to trying to create something a little bit slower, more frequently creating these like slower um pieces of content even if even even if they're 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 not clickbaitable yeah they were crockpot pieces 
Yeah, I was going to say Crockpot, mm-hmm. but I didn't know if you wanted me to reference the last episode. Of course I um. do. <laughs> of course I do. You're like, yes, 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 bring it back. Um, <laughs> let's hit a rewind. No, but I, I really wanted to, and I, I have been able to harness some of that. And really, I've been saving some of that for the conversations that I have within my membership and with my clients, because I think that, I don't know, I just feel like, yeah, not everything needs to be that. And so I'm interested to hear what you have to say about social media. We've talked about this a little bit between us because we uh, get in our own feelings about it, but interested to hear what you have to say about social media clickbait. Yeah, I think um, from a consumer end, I find that clickbait has gotten very stealthy and it looks like expertise and influence wrapped around a product or a program. I see a lot of clickbait coaching programs uh, where you're kind of pulled in as a consumer to think, I could use the support, but I'm not even questioning the credentials or expertise or the experience of the person. I just feel like it speaks to my pain point so clearly. I would be lost without this thing. And y'all, you weren't even aware you had that problem until the solution was presented to you. So clickbait to me is stealthy and sneaky, and maybe it's after you've already purchased it, you're wondering, did I really need that? Now, do I do that with, like, leggings? Absolutely. Yes, I'm a victim. (laughs) But when it comes to products, programs, things that come behind someone saying, I will help you do what I did, to me, I struggle I struggled there the most, like the celery juice, the raw carrot salad, those types of things that they became viral clickbait content. And by talking about it, you played into the system of making it big and making it seem important. And often I just wish we could look at the clickbait, these like beach body type programs or whatever they are, you got six weeks, join my team. Why isn't that obviously clickbait to us? I think because it's, it hits a nerve. And clickbait to me, not only is it stealthy, but it's also pervasive. And it it gets you on a level when you're not even really paying attention. It gets you when you're distracted, right? You're on the app. Oh, you're scrolling. You're scrolling scrolling right along. Someone tells you something about yourself. And I think that's why TikTok has been so, you know, TikTok just lights up those parts of your brain because it creates an entire interface made for you. Even if you're like... You're like, really, like, you have one toe into, like, this interest, it will drag you kicking and screaming into it. And you're like, I actually know everything about the Royals now because I watched one Princess Diana TikTok and I liked it and I made a horrible mistake and now I can't come back from it. Um, So I think that, like, I think that, like you said, it's stealthy because it's, it's constant, it's constant. Yes, it's co- so it blends in. Mm-hmm. It just feels like it's a part of everything else. Um, that's what gets people really tripped up because then they're comparing themselves to things, to other people, to products they don't have, or this would make me better. It it just feeds that endless pit of insecurity that we have. It makes it. Did bigger. you know that I fell victim to clickbait recently? No. Did you know? Are oh, you well? I- Are you well? Are you okay? I'm recovered because I returned the item. <gasps> Wait, it was a purchase. Tell me more. Um, I bought a Dyson because I thought I was that girl. Um, and then I got it home and 
I took it out and we charged it and then I went to put my hand on the Dyson and turned it on and I realized that it was the model that you had to hold down the you had to hold down the thing to vacuum. Oh no, we're not doing that. And I was like, how can I be that girl with a hand so distracted? <laughs> right? Like and people people were responding to my like negative comments with like it's not that hard to hold it down. I'm like, okay, but it seems like a flawed design. Um, they're like, you could buy another piece that holds it down. Okay. But why did I spend $500 on a vacuum to buy another piece? And so I definitely was had by Dyson. Um, (laughs) not going to be a future sponsor of this show. Um, (laughs) and I returned it and I got something else. Good Good job. But I, I think that that is like, when we talk about the subliminal stuff, we see people doing their five to nine before their nine to five. And they're, uh, they're just like jamming along with their sexy, sleek little vacuum. And I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) I want that. And I did want it and I got it and I didn't like it. Yeah. Well, and you not too proud. I'm not too proud. I'm proud of you for sharing it. I think we, (laughs) it's important for us to name that it doesn't matter how smart of a consumer you want to be or think you are, think you should be. We all fall victim to this. Even just thinking that you need something when you don't really need it. But like thinking that you need it and it's going to make you happy. We all do that. Like you're not a, you're not uh, less intelligent. You're not a weaker person. Like this is a whole system. And that's why it's such a funny part of our show is naming how silly some of these things are. Obviously how harmful how unattainable, how unhelpful, and how we all get got by it. Yeah, we love it. We love it. We do. Now, as a content creator, I do not love what clickbait has done to content on the internet. If you follow me, you know I talk a lot about not being in the middle ground to fence it, but really being in the middle ground to recognize that your needs are probably not as black and white as the internet makes it seem when it comes to nutrition. And I struggle because the social media algorithm is set. If y'all know this, you're you're just going to nod right along. But if you don't know this, if you're a content creator, the algorithm is very must be present to win. You've got to show up consistently and you sort of pay to play in that you have to pay the algorithm with what it wants, which is video content if you're on Instagram or it's a certain length, right? On TikTok, you'll often see this is the seven second uh, thing that you have to do to get more views. And for content creators, it's a heavy burden. Like, what can I, what can I convey about like an X amount of time <laughs> in an education system and like getting an, a secondary degree? Like, what can I convey to you in seven seconds? Mm, maybe something that's very black and white. Right. Something that's going to grab them in. <laughs> right. So we as content creators are encouraged to make very click baity things. What I'm seeing people do now is follow the trend, do the little dance, and then they put, read the caption. Because I think they are utilizing that space to provide context, but I still don't like it. I would much rather make content low and slow crockpot style, just like you. While the trends are funny, um, they are also not serving my clientele in the way I would like to. And it really feeds this wrecking ball monster of right way, wrong way, good way, bad way. Because what else in or out, and it really just creates a feeling of 
you're not getting it or you are getting it and you're left out or you're in. It just feels very all or nothing. So you had had a conversation with me and I would love for you to kind of reshare it if you can about this concept of bad behavior. <laughs> yes. So it has to do with what I talked about, about like um, getting had by the vacuum, by big vacuum. Um, and so I posted about that on TikTok. And I had an unpopular opinion about the that girl of vacuums. And people, like, had stuff to say about it. Mm -hmm. And it just feeds into my thing about clickbait, which is that clickbait and those kinds of things, like, the algorithm rewards bad behavior or unpopular opinions or inflammatory statements. So, like, I'm going to tell you something that you might not like. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm in. I got to hear what you think I'm not going to like because you know so much about me. Like, you know, it's like yeah. that kind of attitude. And if if I see a video that's like, I'm going to tell you something you're not going to like. I'm like, okay, bye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it because I don't like it. But like, you want to be like that. But just like you said, it's it's totally, it's too far gone where you're like, yeah, I'm already in it. It's so easy to just, like, watch. It's only 15 seconds or it's only 7 seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to watch this. And then I'm feeding I'm feeding that behavior. I'm feeding the machine of, okay, well, I watched, right? So that's another view. If I interact, that's another view. If I send it to someone who I think would be, like, mad about it, um, that's, another, that's another view. That's another yep. point. And so... It definitely just rewards, like, bad behavior or, I mean, I don't even want to call it bad behavior, right? It's like a system, it's a positive feedback loop. Like, this worked for me because I said something that was unpopular, and now my entire account and personality is unpopular opinions. And sometimes the opinions are, like, just very regular. Yep. Yep. (laughs) But it's the positioning of your opinion as off-the-wall, potentially wrong, countercultural and it it's uh it to me it is bad behavior because how do we translate that to a client conversation if that's all my content is would you ever book a session with me because you think i can teach you something and i've heard a lot of content creator coaches say health professionals should stop teaching on the internet they should stop mm-hmm. teaching they're teaching too much they're overloading their content with too much value and there is some truth to that latter part mm-hmm. and what happens when you just play into that system what does it mean for professionals to do that i i would have a hard time ethically how would you feel if that was your content yeah i mean i try to keep my content fairly light and i realize like i don't share a lot of Like, I don't share a ton of workout videos. I don't share a ton of this. I don't share a ton of that because that's not necessarily what my social media platform is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also want to be able to create things that are mindful and, like, create conversation and everything like that. And that, right now, feels like an unpopular opinion. Yeah. Um, And I think it's, it's been... An, a delicate dance of like me having so much fun with TikTok sounds. Like I think that I think that I'm hilarious and it's like me, I'm the one like, <laughs> I like me. And I think that's important. Um, we'll get back to that. But yeah. I think it's important that I like me. Um, but I think that 
you know, there's a time and a place and it's so hard as someone who has something that feels like really genuine and, and maybe exciting and maybe thought provoking to share. And the algorithm's like, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, actually nobody cares, nerd. Um, Yeah. It's it's very much like the the Instagram algorithm sends you a message and you open the message after posting you're like oh it's gonna tell me I did a good job and it's just a middle finger emoji it's just a, it's just a really loud fart message it's just a loud audio message that's someone farting because I, I mean we I've made I've made content that I have been so proud of and then realized if I would have worded it like these are the three things you have to stop doing or you're gonna sabotage yourself it would have gone viral and the virality we'll talk about in a second isn't actually what we always want as content creators because it brings a whole bunch of stuff that we don't always ask for and yet i can say that and still feel bad that the algorithm doesn't quote reward content that i feel ethically better about yeah Right, like the content that I feel is inspired by my teaching background, my nutrition background. Yeah, something that's grounded in like reality, and not not you like trying to learn a fucking dance for three hours. Right. Well, and that's clickbait. Clickbait is not always grounded in our real lives. Not always grounded in reality. It's grounded in the perception of your life with the product. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like it serves that purpose. So speaking of dancing, um, I think I should just name maybe for you also. I'm not a fan of learning a dance to send a concept out to the world. I will boogie and I will dance out on the streets for Mardi Gras. I will. I love to dance. I struggle with having to, quote, keep up with trends. Uh, just I'm just like, this is what does this even mean? In your what's your opinion? Are you a. Uh, do you like a good dancey content? A little point to the box? I mean, I don't mind a few points, but I'm not gonna, um, I don't dance. I don't dance. Yeah. <laughs> I have a stone cold okay. heart. I think two years ago we had a conversation about content. Everyone was dancing and pointing to boxes and you're like, I'm not gonna dance. <laughs> and you've stayed true. <laughs> Listen, okay. There's some things, you know, I just stand by like, yeah, I'll dance at home, um, whatever. But like that just felt, that felt like it was too much for me um, to like get into. And again, I lo- I actually like, I have a lot of dance videos that come up on my like feed because I love to like watch them. Um, so Wait. I will consume a dance video. Caveat, an actual like chore- choreographed dance or like someone dancing and giving you information? Because I feel like there's two different... Oh, no, like, no, 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 they're, they're just dancing. Yes, yeah, okay, so dancing. my For You page is mostly, like, choreographed dance, and I love it. Yeah, and, I, and like, sometimes it's not good, but I'm like, yes, you did that. <laughs> I'm, like, everyone's stage mom. I'm like, you know, okay, like, it's, it's, gotta, it's okay. We gotta cheer them on. Sometimes, though, you buy into the trend, you do the thing, you use the audio, and then your content goes viral. Y'all, I had content go viral, and it brought me no one that I wanted in my target audience. It Sometimes I'll post content and it gets shared by a lot of dietitians, and then dietitians start following me. And I love to work with dietitians as clients, but they're not necessarily my target audience. There no. will be content that goes viral, and then it ends up on Reddit. And then the Reddit thread 
And then I look at for it. it. And then, right. <laughs> and so thinking about how we don't always attract the audience we want when we buy into, I need to get views. Views don't mean engagement. It just means someone has watched it. It could mean that they're scrolling through the audio to find a video that like, oh, I could replicate that. And they're just going video after video. It could after mean video. that they're sitting on the toilet and they left their phone open. <laughs> That's a probably more realistic possibility. Or it's the person watching their own video over and over and over again because we all do that. We love yeah, to watch I was our just, own stuff. I was just thinking about how um, this you saying that it ends up on Reddit like really captures like the duality of my personality, right? Like I start um, and I am on TikTok and I am consuming on TikTok, but then like the introverted troll of me is like also consuming Reddit. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Give me all that trash. <laughs> well, like Reddit is your home then. Sometimes people bring the hermited Reddit trash vibe to your Instagram account when they don't like what they see or hear. Oh, yeah. True. True. Right. True, true. So you are a troll that knows where you live and that's on Reddit. There are, I think, instances where people complain about all the, quote, haters they get. It's like, well, let's look at your hashtags and let's look at your tone and let's look at the way that you're delivering content. Yes, it's going viral, but it's bringing you all the wrong people and all the people you are complaining about having to reply to. Yeah, the the going viral, in my opinion, is like terrifying. Sounds terrifying. I don't think I've ever considered myself having anything viral, but it's terrifying. Do you um, remember when I had the donuts post? Probably. Krispy Kreme was giving out donuts if you got okay. vaccinated. Y'all, I got 10K that day. Um, and I was really close to begin with, but it ended up being like 11, maybe, by the time it was all over, 10.5. And I was I couldn't even enjoy that sort of, you know, content creator moment of like, I did it. And that's when swipe up was a thing. So you like earned the right, if you will. And it was so painful. I was voice messaging people who were copying my post, putting it on their pages. They had hundreds of thousands of followers and saying, attack this person, in fewer words, attack this person uh, because she doesn't deserve to be practicing nutrition. All because I talked about social determinants of health and how one donut versus like people getting vaccinated, like you can't even compare the two. And was addressing healthism. And I had the worst time. I highly oh, yeah. do not recommend. It was zero two out thumbs of ten. Down. It two was thumbs two thumbs down. Yes, Roger and Ebert, right? That's what it is, two thumbs down. Um, e Ebert and Roper, who is that? Who are the people? It's, it's all, actually. It's, it's, it's all 17 names. No, because somebody died. Go on. Keep oh, going. you're right. One of them died. Okay, great. So at any rate, I would love if you are a content creator and you're listening to this um, to consider your drive to participate in the algorithm and how much of it is drawn to the idea of really creating clickbait. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. I used that in a groany sound and I loved it and I don't care. Uh, right, but that's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be clickbait because it's trending. I think if your content is lacking nuance intentionally over and over and over again, you're participating in that wrecking ball. And that's what we're really going to get into today. Oh, yes. I can't stop thinking about the Miley Cyrus things. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It really is my face on Miley Cyrus's body swinging on the wrecking wall. That's what I think of every time. Miley Cyrus is a Sagittarius, so it's my face. Okay, bye. Oh, okay, bye. Mm, mm. As a sensitive two, I'll just be quiet right now. Um, Moving right along. 
So we're going to talk about what generally is the wrecking ball routine. Lauren, what's your definition if you could give it one? Oh, yeah. I think it's the uh, the big leap from one to the other. So mm. I think of it as like trying to have your foot in one, at one side and then on the other side and then on one side and then on the other side. And it gets exhausting. Like you cannot keep going back and forth like that. You can't. Nope, nope. It's like playing two characters in a play. Right? And like you're running backstage to change. And then you do your line. And then you go and you run backstage to change. And then you run back on to do your line. And I mean we can what? bring it we can literally bring it back to TikTok. Like when you're trying to like switch the <laughs> angle to play multiple characters, you're like, and it's all me. Um that's how it feels. It's like yes. exhausting. Yeah. You're like the director and both the characters. And the camera person. And the audience and the hecklers. <laughs> You're all of them. You're every single You're one. You're every of them. single one of them. So, okay, see how the clickbait is connected? Y'all, we were not making that up. I think I also, I would say, same definition, and I think I see it more with the holidays uh, than I mm-hmm. do, say, like April or May. I see it often this time of year. We're dipping our toes into celebrations and treats and delightful things that we talked about on the podcast already. And then, how do I make up for it? Well, what could be more of a wrecking ball than literally, like, uh, pulling that whole thing back, celebrating New Year's Eve? Um, For a lot of people, that means drinking more, um, partying, being up later, maybe being elsewhere. And then at the stroke of midnight, your life is going to change, right? Because you're (laughs) you're in the new year. New year, new you. Mm -hmm. So, like, that is the ultimate... The ultimate wrecking ball. It's the ultimate ball drop, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Happy New Year. So we're going to go through this episode sort of similarly to how we did last week. So last week we talked about crockpot season and creating routines that feel low and slow. Um, They're adaptable to the season. We talked through things from food to skincare. We really covered a lot. So what did... Y'all, obvious, obvious content warning here, because we're about to talk about our wrecking ball routines. So that might bring up some tougher times for you, might bring back some memories or just some unwanted feelings. So just being aware of that. Um, as we think about food, Lauren, did you have a food wrecking ball routine? Is it a wrecking ball if you go from one bad decision to another? <laughs> oh my God, it's more, that's what is that, puddle jumping? <laughs> Yeah, it was almost like one of those, like, the ding, 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 ding. Oh, yes, Yes, it is, it is. Or it's parkour, right? It's just, like, jumping on on walls and off of... The energy was just transferred to, like, another bad choice. Yes. I like the the clinkies. That's exactly what that is. They have a name, and someone will tell us. Yes. Um, I'm not looking it up. But, yeah, so that's how I felt about my own experience. It was, like... Again, back to the clickbait. It was a clickbait situation, right? It was like what's in, um, whether it's like low carb or like a whole 30 or like, you know, uh, you can only be a good person if you like don't eat beans, which like, you know, <laughs> drag me to hell. You're right. <laughs> drag me all the way to hell. Um, and so I think that that was really more of my style for the years that I was engaging in that. I did not give myself many breaks in between. It was more like a skirt 
just kidding, GPS rerouting mm-hmm. and go on to the next like biggest clickbait situation. And I think that that, I mean, that led me to a lot of different, like to understanding a lot of those different things now outside that I'm outside of it. But like in the case of most people who have experienced like trying to lick, like trying to get their body to be smaller or conform, um, yeah, you just like get to know all of these things very intimately. And sometimes it's hard to forget. Yeah, sure. Um, I think I was, if we're not surprised here, the opposite of that. Oh, I, (laughs) I doubled down. So if I found something, it was clean eating and I would just, I was doubling down. Now, if I couldn't hold the routine anymore, I would go full into the opposite direction into like rigatoni's and my parents' favorite ricotta cheese cookies. And it was like, I never even heard of clean eating. Who's that? What is, I don't know her. It became very much like I'm abandoning that and I'm going to act like a completely different person because it serves my ego to say oh I don't do that anymore but then I would always be clawed back like I didn't hop from diet to diet to diet I hopped just back into these old haunts if you will and I think you will because it's close to Halloween it just felt like oh that time of year is coming I'm feeling a little out of control time for another whole 30 Mm-hmm. Time for time for another round. Oh, didn't finish it. That's okay. You can just do whatever you want this weekend, and we are going to try it again. So it would come across almost compassionate. Like, oh, have some fun. You have balance. And it was so imbalanced because I never actually knew what it was like to have cake and salad and Diet Coke and water. Like, it, those things never existed together. They were always so... Uh, they were pulls apart. So for me, the wrecking ball was really, I think, what you picture as a pendulum swing or a wrecking mm-hmm. ball. Like crashing through one side <laughs> and crashing through the other. Yes. I'm back. <laughs> right. It was very much like, uh, I've been gone. Did you miss me? That's how it right. would feel. And it, it kind of was like that with, with running. And we'll get into movement, right? So for me, it was like, I'm a runner and now I don't do anything. I'm a runner and now I don't do anything. I am injured, mm-hmm. so I'm an injured runner who does nothing until I can run again. And I, that's just how I was. Were you also movement to movement to movement? Is that how you, okay. A little bit, yeah. And I think that, um, I think that, again, when it comes to the idea, especially, I would say for women, especially for whatever, there's like a lot of advice about what you should or shouldn't do, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, we're not diving into the disordered behaviors of like Jim bro culture, but um, like those behaviors are not necessarily the same. Yeah. Um, and so like, if you're fat, you have to do cardio. Like you can't lift weights. Um, Cause why would you do that? You can't, you're not supposed to be bulkier. Right. You're supposed right. to be getting smaller. So I think the pursuit of that and like part of me believes that that's what happened with the, Pilates craze that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love Pilates. I love Matt Pilates. I love Reformer Pilates. I've never done Megaformer like the big like the really like you know popular group fitness ones. Yeah. I've done like classic Reformer Pilates, but um, 
I love it. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. I think it has a lot of ways to be an accessible form of movement that could build a lot of strength. But like a couple of people co-signed that you're going to get the toned body of your dreams. You're not getting toned because you're not doing Pilates. And it's like, mm, okay. Um, and, I te- and I teach bar, so like, you know, that's really like not. You know I'm, I'm really saying something because both yeah. of those birds of a feather. But, like, I think that I was often chasing that. There was, again, I haven't taken much time away from movement because movement wasn't a source of, like, it wasn't as much of a pain point for me when it came to, like, diet culture and diet behaviors. Um, it became something that was really restorative for me. But during that time, I was like, yeah, this is what I have to be doing to do what I have to do because there are certain movements that someone who looks like me has to do. Oh, sure. Um, so that's what how I think of it where, again, it's more like a hop to like a, oh my gosh, again, a victim of clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> An absolute victim of clickbait. But like, oh my gosh, like that's it. That's in. Is it Zumba? Is it, you know, it was always a rise of something else. Um, yes, always. And so that's where it felt like you know, it was still a pendulum swing in some ways because I was like, goodbye to the other thing that I've been doing. Like, no warning. Like, good, good riddance. <laughs> oh, that's too good. I mean, it's it's consistent. Um, I mm-hmm. think it speaks to just uh, the clickbaity element to Wrecking Ball routine that you sort of just went from one thing to the other because it was presented to you. To you as the better option, as the best yeah, option. Shiny. Yes, the shiny object syndrome. I was more of, you know, you've seen the original Jumanji? Of course. Great. So, you know when Robin Williams' character wakes up and he goes, what year is it? Mm-hmm. That's me waking up si- like six years after everyone stopped running and started doing weightlifting. Like, that was me. Like, wait, wait, we all stopped? I would just... I would, again, double down, put my head down and do the thing. I would see, quote, results. I was in misery. It wasn't exactly helpful at all. It was harmful Mm -hmm. because I just went, I wanted to do it to the letter. I wanted to do it perfectly. So the idea of me hopping from one thing to the other, wasn't that was terrifying to me because it would mean that I wasn't getting perfect at something. I was getting okay at all these many different things. And yet maybe that would have helped me realize there were other things to do with my body than cardio. Oh, I was just chasing, I was chasing the high. (laughs) I was chasing the high. Um, For sure. Like I was chasing those feelings of like superiority Mm. for doing the workout that was superior. Like I literally was was chasing that feeling. And so I, it's always, it's always so, um, interesting to me to think of you as a runner because I've I think I've known you in several forms now Mm -hmm. um as a partially runner but also as a yoga person and Mm -hmm. then now as you are someone who is a sturdy girl who lifts weights and runs yeah and does yoga and dances oh and dances yeah so dancing I think I really found my flow after Mm -hmm. you know after the uh the months in the pandemic of just like I don't want to run because it's so hot in New Orleans that summer was really brutal <laughs> the, the first summer of the pandemic um, and I started to just find my way and break up with the idea that I have to do anything so perfectly 
that I could just be mediocre at a, a few things I love instead of forcing myself to follow one protocol or worse, follow a protocol that absolutely was not serving me. Yeah, absolutely. Like, did I really need to go to five CrossFit classes a week? Did I love it? I really enjoyed the community. I love the movements. But it made me feel awful. <laughs> I never recovered. Tired. And then I would live on the leaderboard. I would live on it. Like, how's my score? How am I keeping up? Am I getting better? Did someone in class do better than me? And what are they doing that's different? How can I get better? So I don't do well with that. And all of the things I participate in now feel just like, I, I, they're fun. I have people that do that will do it with me, and that community of movement serves me ten times more than the movement itself. I feel uh, not physiologically, but definitely mentally. Um, and you offer that. Yeah, I think that what I'm hearing you say is like you allowed these things to be like part of mm-hmm. of your story instead of entirely your identity. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Like, you you run but you're not necessarily a runner Mm -hmm. like you do yoga but you're like not a yogi um like all the things that like when you're in that space take over your identity right like you introduce yourself as someone who is keto and is a runner (laughs) you're like wow okay i learned two things about you but it sounds like they're pretty important because you put them right up front Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so i think that like unraveling your identity from that which again a lot of these things well so many of these things all of these things are built off this framework of white supremacy and ableism and healthism that like we we do wrap our identities up in how we move and how often we move and how well and how perfect and how much we move um so i think that unraveling that can be number one very difficult because the system is set up for us not to do so and also really like what now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who am i Mm-hmm. Um, I have a reel about your behaviors are not your identities and that, that I have someone who follows me who works in behavioral research and it said like if you can get someone to learn that and practice that that's one of the most important things you can wrap your head around that your behaviors are not your identity and what I'll also say is about maybe 20 minutes ago you said trying to make your body smaller or conform and when you name the white supremacy, like, tree, right, that, like, all these things fall under, it is about conforming and be- mm-hmm. trying to find a way to belong, to access perhaps a less violent life, um, like, like away from violence, a safer life, um, yeah. to feel cared for, to feel love, to feel appreciation, or even just to be seen and heard. Yeah, to be, to, to be able to move in certain spaces and to be able to, like, move safely or in a safer way because again like some of us will never be safe um yes yes i've i've talked frequently about like i would never get to the point where i was uh thin enough to be white Mm. like like it's not gonna be a passable thing like it's not like you've ascended like now go go forth and like be free from the violence that is like the violence and oppression that you face because now you have a body that's ideal and like it switches every few years. So good luck. Um, Good luck keeping up with the trends, but you're here now. And that like doesn't happen, but that's not 
most of us don't think about it because it's mm -hmm. constantly being sold to us like it will happen. Right, right. Well, remember, it's selling you the perception of a reality you're not in yet. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's yeah. going to happen for you. And so I think that it's just, again, it's such an exhausting little hamster wheel or wrecking ball or whatever you want to call it. You know, we have so many names for it what is. it is, yeah. and it's all it all is rooted in the same thing. Completely. And when you are able to find the words for that, and then you find the awareness of it, and I'm still constantly working on that and needing to check my own language and the way that I talk about things, it does, in some capacity, allow us to move forward, to yeah. acknowledge it. Because if it just is, oh, it's just diet culture, then you are missing it all because this is affecting our routine. This is affecting our communications with others or the way we do or do not choose movement, the way we do or do not choose self-care. It's yeah, clearly the way, we the way we perceive other people or or put our own like shit on other people because that's our shit, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the it, you think about something like unconscious body bias, right? Like when you start to tune in and just be a little bit more aware, yeah, there, it's an ugly truth. And you're going to be able to speak to yourself with more honesty and authenticity and integrity than when we consistently buy into clickbait over and over and over again, whether it's routine or another program or a product, you know, I think that this conversation would be completely uh, unrooted. It would be just floating onto space without acknowledging the roots of what's actually happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it'll continue happening. You yes. Know, <laughs> yeah, so uh, expect more of it. So there are a couple other elements of routine we talked about. And I just, I have no idea what Lauren's about to say. We haven't really talked about this. We don't rehearse <laughs> we, these. we do not. This is not a rehearsal. This is just recording. So there are other elements of routine, like skincare, sleep, and self-care elements. Why don't, you are the skincare girly now. You really, you are, are the skin, no. you're the skincare girly. I'm like running full, full speed to try to catch up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You're slug queen. You're doing all the things. I know I'm trying because it's like a necessity at this point. So I think that that's also important to acknowledge. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, no, I think that that, that also goes back to our point, right? Like if you don't, if you never really had to deal with that. Like if you never had a breakout or if your skin never, if you never got a rash or you never had sensitive skin, you don't know how to take care of your skin because you didn't learn. And now you're 31 almost. And just like learning things that work for you and learning how to deal with the skin that you have right now, which is different than the skin you had 10 years ago, yep. which will be different than the skin you have 10 years from now. And also in my case, like literally like 10 weeks from now, my skin is going to be significantly different. But I think that, I think that that's something too, where maybe I feel a little bit behind mm. or have the perception that I'm behind. And one time I asked you that one time I was like, do you have a skincare routine? And you were like, yes, I do. I and I'm loyal to it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> But, and that came out of necessity because I had perfect skin, if you will, quote, perfect. That's what I was right. always told. Right, right, perfect right, right, right. skin, Riri. That was what I was always told. My mom always reminded me because she had horrible cystic hormonal acne that was so painful. She was on medications for it. And she still has it. I mean, she's like 
post-menopause, y'all, like still has acne. And what is so interesting is I kind of never thought it was going to be a problem. I was going to cleanse, I was going to moisturize, and I was going to move on. And I had to create a routine because I did not know what was happening to my skin when I went to grad school. Something dramatically something something changed and the materials I was using or the way the processes I had no longer served me so it's funny you f feel like you're behind I also felt like I was dropped into a world I had no idea how to handle and who do I look to well now I'm getting ads for it if I'm searching mm -hmm. for it so mm -hmm. here's the clickbait again I think for me when I think of wrecking ball routine and skincare I think of those times where I tell you I'm so loyal and I am. And then there are times where I'm like three days in a row, I go to bed with my makeup on and it is a total effort. Like this is so, ugh. and then how about this? I do the same thing we do with food. So someone might say, oh, well, if I eat this, I'm going to gain weight. I will guilt myself. And I will say, if I don't do my skincare routine tomorrow, my hormonal acne is going to be worse tomorrow. And it's not mm. always rooted in anything but intense fear of having something like a really painful patch or something. So that's what my wrecking ball routine looks like with skincare. It's super all or nothing. It's you're lazy if you don't do it. Uh, you're going to mess up and you're going to lose the skin situation you have going. And it's almost like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Do you have a wrecking ball routine if you're just getting into it? Um, no. So here's how I've been, I've, I've been, you know, microdosing self-care, if you will. <laughs> um, but I think that for me, it's, it goes back to our last episode of learning how to give myself the time, right? I give my time away to a lot of other things, including consuming things that maybe not serving me. And most of the time, 92% of the time, uh, not serving me. And so even last night when I was so, like, I was so tired. Um, I was, you know, I got my, I got my fill of cringe from mm -hmm. Love is Blind. I was like, nom, 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 time to go to bed. Um, and I went upstairs and I was like, I can't do this tonight. I cannot do the things that I've been doing for my skin. Ah. And I was just like, yes. And like the 120 seconds that it's going to take to do at least part of this routine will result in me feeling better about it. Like my skin will feel better. My face was just like, my allergies and my face were very itchy the last couple days. Um, again, it's eczema season, everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm really enjoying that. But I knew that like, I knew that that's why. So like I spent, a, I spent two minutes doing what I could do in two minutes. And I think that that's been super helpful to keep me away from that big like, drop off and never do anything again. Um, and so the, the really slow, like, um, you know, whatever happens after this, but I did the two things that mm -hmm. I came in here to do. Um, I love has that. been preventing that, that swing. Not that I'm not, again, not that I'm not that person who engages in that kind of stuff, but I'm trying to use like a little bit of grace and a little bit of kindness to inch my way forward away from that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is ultimately what allows you to be consistent and feel like you have a habit. So of course the wrecking ball routine is not a habit unless it is the thing you keep doing over and over again. I think it's the, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> it's the antithesis of habit formation, right? You're not able to form a habit. If you keep telling yourself, 
screw it, I'm going to bed with my right, makeup like, on. Mm, yeah. Mm, over and mm. over again. Right. And then it's Saturday and it's like, fine, tonight's the night I'm going to do it. I love the way you offered ranges. And I think the end of this podcast, we're going to get into more of those pivots. And I think what a lovely nugget of wisdom you just dropped for us. But that is so applicable to everything. Yeah. Um, How about sleep? I have a pretty drastic one for this. Do you have a wrecking ball routine for sleep in your life ever? Um, I have a lot of guilt around sleep and sleep hygiene, which is clickbait. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's Uh, true. It's true. Like, I mean, obviously there are many benefits of like good sleep and all of that or sleep that's adequate for you, which is very individualized, very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, I'm up cause I'm, a yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I stay up. Um, and I have a lot of guilt around the fact that like the idea that we've been sold, like productive people get up at five. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, girl, I can't be getting up at five because I'm going to bed at one thirty. <laughs> And that's not what productive, good, participating, successful people do. They don't go to bed at 1.30. Correct. You need to look a little bit more like an early Puritan. And Mm -hmm. I need you waking up before the sun to do your good Christian duties. No naps. No naps. Those are of the devil. Right. So I think that that's how I feel about sleep. Um... I couldn't sleep train myself if I tried because it would always backfire. It would always backfire and it has backfired. Like even thinking that, you know, I'm going to become this early riser, I think is part of that wrecking ball. It's more of a feeling for me of like that guilt, the swing Mm -hmm. of the guilt pendulum of like, man, you're really like not doing, you're not doing right by yourself. Even though I'm getting adequate sleep and I feel good in the sleep schedule that I'm in, my sleep schedule is not good because it doesn't look like how it should. And that's mm. where that swing comes in. Uh, yeah, the, the guilt element of the pendulum swing, we sort of haven't named that explicitly, but sometimes the swinging is the feeling of guilt to acceptance and then guilt again to acceptance. Like sometimes you do just say, this is who I am and this is the way, I, what, the way I'm doing it. I'm getting adequate sleep. And other times it's, why can't you be more seemingly productive what would it look like for you to try to be an early bird I can't tell you how many clients have told me that one of their lifestyle or like mindset type of shifts is that they want to be someone who wakes up at 5 a.m to journal it has happened one time and that person really was like this is something I've been doing for years and I've been out of it the pandemic threw that routine for me but most of the time we end up having a conversation about you are making yourself feel guilty about a behavior that you have no business participating in because it doesn't actually mean anything to you. It's just a clickbait. Right. It's not going to make you better. No. If you're forcing it and it doesn't feel like in line with like who you are as an individual, it's just this too much. (laughs) I would be crying if I had to wake up at 5 a.m. and write something. (laughs) The birds are chirping, like the sun is starting to peek through, Dudu's awake, and I'm just like weeping as I scribble scrabble in my freaking notebook. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. And that is okay, right? Like, it is so okay. It goes back to content. Like, you might not be making content that speaks to that audience, right? You might not be creating 
cutesy clickbaitable things for everyone, but maybe when it hits right for you, it's the right habit. And when that content hits right for that audience, you got the right people. Like there's such beautiful moments to be had when you're in alignment <laughs> with what you actually want and need and not what you think you want or need. I also have a guilt complex about sleep and mine is related to movement because I am an early bird. I do love mm -hmm. getting up. I've recently just, oh, I've loved getting up with Caleb in the morning. Sometimes I'm up before him. He's, you know, the, he's just always been up early as a teacher and I got out of that habit after I stopped teaching. And I will guilt myself for going to bed too late because mm -hmm. I do wake up early. Is I it like 10? Yeah, 10 or 11. <laughs> yeah, like if I'm staying up till 12, I need to go to confession. That's how bad I feel. Like I need to speak to a priest. Just kidding. But that's, it feels so grave of a mistake because I, my body does not like to sleep in. Maybe if I'm just out until two or four in the morning, which sometimes once a year in New Orleans, that might happen for me. And I still won't sleep past nine or 10. I'll need a nap. Right. And I don't have guilt about taking naps. I really guilt myself about not having slept enough because I wanted to go to the gym. I wanted to go for a walk or a run, and now I'm too tired. And I really didn't set my body up for success. And how dare I do that? I am my own worst enemy. And that, woo, that is some heavy talk. Heavy mm -hmm. self-talk. Yeah, for sure. I think that that is like, it just, again, it's feeding that same machine, right? Um, and it's treating yourself like a machine. Like, mm. here's your here's your off time. Here's your on time. <laughs> and also, here's your list yes. of things that you have to accomplish when you're you flip that switch, you turn back on, and you're like, all right, now I go to the gym. <laughs> Man, that's what I do. So robotic, right? It's me, the person who goes to the gym in the morning. That's who I am. I'm a morning mm -hmm. person. Listen, sometimes I am, but I've lately, Thursday morning, I'll have a client till nine and I sleep and I take a nice slow breakfast. If I feel like going up, walking around early, fine, I will. But ultimately having the flexibility, not unlike your skincare routine and the openness and the ranges of success you know, I, I sleep okay. Maybe I don't get eight hours all the time, but I'd have just, I've just decided to stop trying to pursue the presidential fitness test of sleep, like trying to get the badge or the award, even from whoop, right? I do not care. It's, it's yeah, data. I think that that's, yeah, we, the data is important. Also, like the eight hours is like the 10,000 steps is like the mm -hmm. freaking however many calories, like the whatever, 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 yes, whatever, yes. whatever. Those numbers are just just made up yes right and <laughs> they came from somewhere but they came from so many different data points from so many different people and this was what the machine spit out after collecting individual stories so mm -hmm. the individualism is like erased and we got eight hours but for some people it's six and for yeah. some people it's 10 for some people it's 12 like for some people, like, on one day a week, it's, like, five and a half. Like, you know, like, there's mm -hmm. there's such a range within those numbers that I think it's funny that we are, we guilt ourselves over not eight, getting eight hours of sleep. And I'm like, eight hours is, like, an, a cool minimum for me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes people have guilt about that. Like, being a person who needs ten hours of sleep, I've had clients say, like, oh, well, like, I'm pretty bad about that because I need ten hours of sleep. And I'm thinking, man, I love that for you. So, Sounds delicious. You know, yeah, yeah. 
Is there any other element of a wrecking ball routine, maybe related to self-care, that you see that has affected you in some way? Oh, yeah, I got one. Okay, cool. Um, Tell. Money. Oh, Budgeting. boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, because I was just talking about this. Um, I have been in my life a budget queen, and I stuck to it. And it was, it was my stepping stone out of diet culture. We won't go deep into it, but I went from some numbers to other numbers, and those numbers were money numbers. Um, and so I got distracted by that, and there I sat for two and a half years. Um And so I think that a lot of people, number one, there's so much guilt around finances. So like, again, playing into that same system, every system starts with a little bit of guilt, um, Mm -hmm. a sprinkle of guilt, and everything will grow from there. (laughs) But um, I think that either spending and like tracking your spending or the no spend, like no spend whatever month or like no, you know, spend less or super budgety. I have like rejected a lot of that recently because I, similarly to what I've done with fitness and everything like that, I knew that I needed to take a step away from it. Um, And part of me is embarrassed or mm, like annoyed with myself Mm. for not, for not like maintaining some type of relationship with like budgeting or looking at money in that way. And the other part of me is like, if you kept doing it that way, it would just be so miserable. Like it would just feel miserable. Um, and you and I talk about money a lot because of all the things we talk about. But I think that that is another thing where routine can really get you, right? Like we've always done it this way. And this is the way to do it. And this is the only way to be successful okay. with it. Mm-hmm. And there are just so many factors that go into it. And, you know, I don't know anything about inflation or the stock market, (laughs) please. We're not going even there. But I'm just talking about the idea and I've had friends do it too, where like, I'm not going to spend any more money this month. And like, just even saying that out loud is like, bet (laughs) (laughs) you're not, (laughs) you're, you really not. You don't think you are, um, you know, here's a flat tire. Yep. Yep. And then also you got a flat tire and your car's in the shop and you have to wait and it's in a shopping center. And there's an Old Navy, and there's a TJ Maxx, and there's uh, Starbucks. Good luck. And your car's going to be in there for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've Enjoy actually... your time. I have actually <laughs> been in this situation, Lauren. I've been like, I'm not going to buy a single cup of coffee. And I will just name that I have a theory that Dave Ramsey is the Dr. Oz of finances. 100%. Actually, no, I think maybe worse, but... Yeah, is, is there anyone? Maybe like Mark, is there anyone Mark, worse than Doctor Oz? Mark Hyman. Yeah, yeah. I think that he maybe he just has the monopoly on it. So that's yeah, why. right, yeah. right. Because there's many so doctors. Fun. There's many doctors. Yes, he's the guru. Right. I've gotten books for Christmas from families. Like this would be a great way to get rid of your debt, and it's all or nothing around money. It's put all your cash in envelopes, and guess what? It works for people, just like diets have also worked for people. It just doesn't always work for everyone. It's not the only way, and it doesn't. And they're always, not sustain. It's not sustainable. not sustainable at all. Um, I have I've been that person. Like I'm not going to spend any money. I'm going to walk from South Street in Philadelphia all the way to Drexel Center City, and I'm going to pass 
14 coffee shops and two Wawa's and I'm not gonna stop and buy anything even though I might need a snack later and like becomes this whole thing of like there were definitely times when I could not afford to stop that's true yes I've been (laughs) I've absolutely been there and there have been times where it was all guilt driven of like don't Mm -hmm. do it you're you can be better than this or on the other side of it like good behavior driven right mm -hmm. oh oh it's not the guilt. It's the opposite. It's I'm better. Yeah. Yep. 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 I'm better. I'm better. I'm all I better. I didn't stop. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. stop and get a coffee. And if I would have gotten the coffee, it would have been a black coffee. Because if you put anything in it, you're not good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, don't even go in there. Yeah. Give me a sizzly. <laughs> Give me a sizzly. Right. Me... Sizzly and a pretzel, please. <laughs> yeah. There's just, it's messy, y'all. I, you probably didn't think we were going to talk about money. It is, the wrecking ball routine is also a money thing. Um, I, I absolutely couldn't agree more. Yeah, I know. We can talk about money more later, but like, that's definitely one that came up recently when I was talking to like a fine, I've been doing like a lot of financial things and like learning about business things and all of that. And I'm just like, first of all, sorry to whoever's listening kind of, but not really. But like when a white dude starts talking, I'm instantly (laughs) like on my phone like please stop like make it stop quickly instantly mm-hmm. it's such a rejection that's a big ragging ball right and i live with one of those so like sometimes <laughs> when he starts talking i'm like oh my god but like i just it's just it's just really 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 hard for me because of that um because of that like routine or yeah. whatever like because of and because of like the systems that are built and it's like of course you like this like you got into it as, like, the number one player. Like, yes, yes. And it was so obvious that you were going into finance when you were a freshman in college. Like, you were born to do this. And, for, I mean, I went to a school that had a business school. Like, my university had a business school. There were not a lot of women in the program. Like, it just, it became like, it's, yeah. not, it's not their place. And, ugh. So, did you find that it was helpful at any capacity to, to hear from other people? Have you, like... Oh, I'm still, like, mulling over what I want this to look like, but I think that I'm just, like, um, openly on this podcast talking about the idea of releasing myself from that kind of stuff, and the fact that, like, we do get caught up on it, and that's another thing that I personally have been caught up on. I know I'm not alone in that, so definitely, I'm I'm with you. My my thoughts are with you. (laughs) Yeah, and, and even if you heard Lauren say she's been doing some financial stuff and learning about business, if you had a moment where you were like, I need to learn about finances, I need to do it, like, you could, and also maybe you don't, maybe you also have enough information in your noggin, but just like notice the way we create clickbait that we need it. And it's not even meant to be there. Lauren had no intention of doing that. Right. Oh and yeah. No. I do. I'll, I'll, I had a client say, I should probably run for run, train for a half marathon too. Or like, Ooh, you sure about that? Right. Just I won't of, be saying yeah, that. No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think it's for the best. I won't, I won't do that. Um, so I'll share one other random thing related to my wrecking ball routine, which is I will go from being the most hospitable, enthusiastic, supportive. Yes. Woman with friends, with events, uh, to you haven't heard from me in four days because I am living under a rock and that rock is my, uh, my roof and I am not coming outside. I won't go outside for hours, days. Like I will just be recovering from being a super yes woman. And Mm -hmm. 
that is such a wrecking ball for me. Um, I really would prefer a balance of introvert and extrovert time. I'm a super extrovert. And so I think that comes, and I'm also very much a helper. I don't like to say no to helping people. And, and that's why this show works because I'm an introvert <laughs> and I'm not going to help you. <laughs> yes. Welcome to the inner workings of our friendship. It's very hard for me to, to make those lines in the sand of, Nope, I only take X number of clients a day, and if I keep running over my own boundaries, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to end up in my therapist's office and be like, I don't know what happened. He's going to say, you know what happened. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same thing over and over again, and I found myself getting in the dumps about it a couple weeks ago. Like, you always do this. And it's like, listen, I always do this because I buy into the system that I need to say yes to everything, and I really don't. I don't. Right. Um, And I can take my time. And I can be patient with myself and let people know as I'm behind on things or getting caught up, you know, being real and honest with myself has been a great antidote to that. Because otherwise, kind of like the sleep and a couple other behaviors you talked about, I actually just start being really mean to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not, not good. So I think this, we kind of answered this question, which is when did we realize the wrecking ball routine wasn't serving us? Is Do you think that, you've ever arrived at a place and you were like, oh, I'm done with this now. Or is this ongoing for you? I think that you constantly, well, you, you as in me, Mm -hmm. um, because we already established we're very different. But like, I think that I constantly have to check in on everything. Like I have to just do a little pulse. Like that's what I said about the, about the finance stuff, but it's really with everything. It's about, it's about the skincare. It's about the sleep. It's about the, is this taking over so much of my life that I'm feeling anxious when, when it gets thrown off. Um, Mm. and yeah, there might be a little bit of anxiety when you stray from routine because routine is comfortable. Um, but it's not like, it's not where you get that like anger, you get a little ragey or you get a little mean. Um, and so I think that that's how I check on everything where I'm just like, what happens if I didn't? And we talked about this a little mm-hmm. bit. What happens if the tracker, if our tracker battery dies? Sometimes I wear this on my wrist and it's been dead for two days. And I'm like, <laughs> oops. And that's how I know that it's okay for me to continue engaging with that kind of data. Because if I was like, <gasps> like I need to plug this in and I'm like trying to do a workout with like something plugged in and it's a whole situation. <laughs> like then I know that this is controlling me more than I'm using it as a tool. Um, So I think Mm -hmm. that when do you realize it's not serving you, you can slow down the pendulum or you can like start walking away from the next clickbaity thing in my, in my situation, right? Where like, you'll see the next big thing coming out and then you can see it because you're outside of it and you're like, okay, but till when the superfoods, superfoods, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's the perfect example, but like, you're like, okay, like you know, let's let celery have her moment. And, (laughs) and, you know, she'll be left in the dust with like everything else with like goji berries or whatever it was. I don't know, like, and all those other things that were going to change your life. So I think that when you step off of that wrecking ball ride a little bit, you're less likely to want to get back on. And even if you do get back on, you know, it's possible to get off. So I think that's important too. Like sometimes there is, there's a moment where you do get back on and start having those feelings and start engaging in that swing. 
And just maybe knowing that there's people waiting for you mm-hmm. who will be there when you're not on it anymore is, like, prime. Yeah, I love that that's how you ended it because that's really where my realization is, is in other people's perception of me, people that I love, people that love me and know me. Um, I think about a time when I was at my wit's end with um, a career, my teaching career, my admin career, and my grandmother looked at me across the table and she goes, you just don't seem happy anymore. And I had been playing happy to everybody, but she saw right through it. And it made me so well up with tears and I just was so sick to my stomach about like, I think this is happening. I think I'm losing myself. If you're someone who can't even, you don't even know you're on a ride. You're just like, no, this is my life. And every once in a while, you just completely fall flat on your face and you pick up your old wrecking ball routine again because that's the only one you know. You'll welcome. Hello, I'm here. I'm with you. And one thing that has been super grounding and helpful for me is knowing which friends and family members will be unafraid to tell me, I think you're doing it. I think you're doing that thing where you sell yourself short and you buy into a routine that is not serving you or you're not acting the way you usually do. You actually haven't been taking care of yourself. Just want to check in on you. And I have loved that. And I, and not to say you have to rely on other people, but to not be afraid of your community reaching out to support you. Uh, because that is often how I get off the wrecking ball routine roller coaster is someone grabbing my hand and walking me off the ride. <laughs> like, have you ever been at a carnival and the ride scared you and you had to get off and they stopped? You've they done just... enough. You've yeah. done enough. <laughs> You're good. Yes. That's That's been me. They're like, this person's screaming. Let's get her off the ride. So, yeah. you know. Let's tilt. You're like, I, I, I thought I was having fun. <laughs> that is my life. So, yeah, the tilt-a-whirl is like a four-year-old apparently didn't go over well. Um, yes. You know, so giving yourself the option to know what's your out and what are your exit strategies uh, and how do you, what's your tell? I love that of like. Yeah, mine are like the red flags. It's like, turn back now, yes. turn back now. Okay, like, and that's that's really like where where those feelings start coming up where you are like, okay, I kind of know what my red flags are. And I know, I know when they're going to happen because I'm stressed out yeah, or because I'm going somewhere or because whatever. So they're going to start like, those things are going to start seeming extra shiny and extra um, appealing mm-hmm. in times of need, right? Like they're just going to oh, be like, yeah. yes, get me on. I'm ready to ride baby. And you're like, Oh wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on a second here. Yes. I think that's a beautiful pivot is to start noticing where in your life and when in your life you fall for the wrecking ball routine. And when you're going to have a little bit more all or nothing thinking going, it's usually a period of stress. Maybe it is the holiday season, which is why we're bringing this up now is start getting your eyes on yourself, eyes on your lifestyle right now, eyes on your job, on your family life. Are you getting the red flags now? And what can you do to slow down the pace and reevaluate? Your other pivot that you shared today was about skincare. And it essentially was, what can I do in 120 seconds? And I want to name that that is such a beautiful pivot, again, um, because we often do think I either do the thing or I don't, and not I do the thing with modifications. Someone messaged me and said, I didn't know what modifications were until Lauren. I didn't know that was a thing. And I want you yeah, yeah, I get a lot of that. And I want you, I to, I want you to know that that modeling for other people is helping People live their lives comfortably and happily, so thank you for thank you for your service, Lauren. 
Um, oh, do you, you do you have that. any other pivots you'd like to share about leaving the wrecking ball routine or just even like reframes that have helped you in those moments of I'm doing the thing again? Uh, what do I how do I just quickly pivot and move on? Yeah, I think that we talked about it a little bit and you said a word that like a lot of um, the clickbait and and those viral things and whatever um, shy away from or like shun, but it's uh, mediocrity. Like mm-hmm. how do I do something, how do I do something like not great? Um, and I think doing something not great has been very great for me. Very mm-hmm. great. As someone who in a different way than you is a perfectionist like in different things in different ways and it manifests in a different way in my life um doing something that i'm not good at or not great or not completing is is has been like totally changed my mind it's changed the wiring of my brain and it's changed my life it's changed my relationships it's changed everything for me so the doing the skin doing two minutes worth of skincare instead of like a whole you know like my ten minute thing with the binaural beats playing like please it really happens um, <laughs> but but like then also the same thing it's like how I apply it to my membership it's like well okay well if you don't want to do it like don't yeah uh oh like what will happen it's twenty seconds of a Tabata workout like what's going to happen if you answer your phone or if you water a plant or if you just take a break or whatever like if you go refill your cup nothing is gonna it's not gonna fall apart and I think really like kind of letting go of the places where you can because maybe there are situations in your life where you can't um and where you have to be on right like I want some people to be on all the time. Like, I don't want you to be doing surgery on me and be like, mm-hmm. it's just 20 seconds. Like, I know I want that. <laughs> um, but like, I, like, I want you to be on the whole time. But I think that like with most of the things, and I say it all the time to my members, it's not that serious. It's not that serious. And that's me talking to myself because it's not that serious. And I hold or held myself to such a standard that was making me literally ill and and just being able to be like, no, I'm going to do this not great today. <laughs> like, how will it look? How will it look if Scott asked me to go on a walk and I'm like, yeah, but I'm not doing our whole loop. Like, I won't do it. Just already know I'm not feeling up to it. Not going to do it. Not making any promises. And then sometimes I'm like, I feel well enough. Let's do it. And then most times I'm like, no, I said I wasn't going to do it. Like, let's head home without the idea that like, oh, we didn't accomplish anything because it didn't get the whole the whole loop wasn't finished. Right. Right. Thank you for sharing that. I think that gives a lot of freeing feelings around Be mediocre. Be mediocre. Be mediocre. Absolutely. Why not? Give yourself the opportunity to just breathe in who you are today. And that might be a mediocre version of, you know, the employee, hopefully not the surgeon, but the, you know, the, (laughs) the, you know, maybe it's even like, it's a not a great partner day. It's not a great friend day. Like you're a little bit detached from society today. Um, my pivots are for the people that thrive on structure or think they thrive on structure. Um, in my gym, I work with a lot of clients that really feel like they don't know nutrition without tracking, even if Mm. it's never really caused disordered eating. They just feel like, how am I supposed to know? Like, but how do I know? And I think offering yourself a different form of structure, I don't know what that looks like because everyone is different. So this was, you know, a blah offering in some capacity, I can give you a couple ideas, but 
Um, it might look like you know you want to eat two to five fruits or vegetables in a day or one to two because you know last week you had zero. I always ask clients, what did you do last week? That's the basis. Or for the last month, what have you been doing? Because to say you're going to really keep an eye on your protein at every single meal for every single day next week is bizarro land. That's getting on the ride that takes you to the wrecking ball. Mm-hmm. Like that is what that is. It's like the the ball at the carnival, the <laughs> like it just like throws you out and throws you back in. Do you know that carnival ride as well? That little yeah. Leash? We're let's we. I don't engage in carnivals, but go oh, I've no, I'm <laughs> noticing the tension around carnivals. I apologize. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about yeah. control? Okay. Yeah. Like they put that shit together in a weekend. I'm not here for it. Well, definitely that little, like, ball thing that throws you out. No, I know, yeah, all those things, and the people are like, wee! like, "Ah." (laughs) Okay, great point. And um, giving yourself an opportunity to have ranges. And I I use the word modulating, too. Maybe you don't go on five runs this week. Maybe you go on one hard run, one long walk, and two short, easy runs. Like, why not modulate the whole system? Why not do a 10 out of 10 workout once? And all the rest are four and six and maybe eight out of ten. Offering yourself different opportunities to see what success can feel like other than this is the one way, the only way. Another thing that has been really helpful for me is similar to you. I've just pulled out a little bit more away from urgency. That every mm-hmm. every task feels like an emergency. Everything on my to-do list needs to be done. It's all equal priority. Writing a to-do list and saying, one of these is the most important and I should do that. And everything else is bonus. <laughs> and I don't do the one that I starred. <laughs> but I did one of them and that felt damn good. <laughs> like it just, it's, it's okay to want structure. It's okay to feel like you need structure. And the structures that are provided to us often feel like the one only way. And spoiler alert, there's many ways to be successful and there is not just one only way. And you can find a system of success, a system of outcomes and goal setting that works for you. So that's my, uh, those are my pivots for the wrecking ball breakdown. Snap, snap, snap for you. Yes. Very good. So I believe that brings us to the end of our episode about the wrecking ball routine. Unless of course, Lauren, you have something else you'd like to share. No, we, I feel like we covered so much of it. And again, we can substitute the main topics of whatever we're talking about for anything else and any other feelings that people have, because we might've missed them because we don't experience them or we haven't like, we just didn't think of it, but you can like sub out the skincare for whatever, you know, sub out the, the diet culture for whatever. I think there's a number of ways to apply this in our lives that could be extremely helpful and valuable to just think like, hmm, Maybe that's a red flag for me. Right. And I'll, I'll name two things that we don't participate in. We are not participating in a society as parents. And we, and we don't work for other people. We work for ourselves. So you might be, your, your lifestyle might be so different because you have a job where you actually go to a place and you work as part of a community or an organization. And you might also have children. And, like, I really want to encourage all of us to think about where does the wrecking ball live, even in places we didn't mention today. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Here for it. Yeah, amazing. Where can folks find you, Lauren, if they're interested in learning more? 
Well, they can find all my viral content on <laughs> Instagram at Lauren Lavelle Fitness. She's doing her thing and she's rambling just like this. We just love like it. This. That's why we're here. Yeah. How about you? Um, I'm usually um, posting three times a day me dancing and pointing on vitamin underscore re on Instagram. Um, exclusive dance routines. Uh, but in reality, it is just a lot of maybe it's this or maybe it's that or maybe, maybe, maybe. If you could go to my page and just search for keyword, the keyword would be maybe. Because... Yeah, the word cloud. The word cloud. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. It depends. It dep- and maybe. <laughs> So that's like, yeah, they're like, uh, let me just message you a very specific question. So I get a very specific answer. So know that I'm here to explore the maybes and it depends when it comes to nutrition and movement as it feels comfortable to you to participate. You can also uh, sign up for my newsletter. That link is in my Instagram bio for you to get more dedicated content every week. If that is up your alley. Yeah, and also playlists. Yes, I make a new playlist every weekend. Again, a habit that I could not follow through on. Oh, I just love it. Because I make it for myself anyway. Like, starting the week with a new playlist is just great to me. I don't know, and now I share it with you. Yeah, we'll make recommendations. All right, and what are we talking about next time? (laughs) Next time, we are talking about hydration. It is the hydration episode so we'll be going through the what how when where why uh does coffee count does seltzer water count and also what's the wrecking ball look like with hydration we'll get into all of those nitty-gritty details so that you leave feeling like one you have a plan (laughs) you know what you could do if hydration is a concern for you and maybe you also leave relieved I hate saying leave and relieve next to each other, but maybe you end the episode feeling relieved about your hydration because you realize, oh, I'm actually doing a great job. Yeah. We we just want that for you. We would love that for you. And on that note, we do love you. Lauren, I love you. Love you very much. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.